Well, hey, it's Seth, and I'm here with one of our church comm team partners, Josh Caro, who works as the comms director at Fairfield Baptist Church. Thanks for being here, man. I would love to hear what has been good about working with church comm team. Yeah, so probably the the most that I've, I've enjoyed is just the amount of knowledge and wisdom that I've gained from the comm side and just really meshing that with uh, ministry. We realize that if there is not a good, efficient internal process of how it all works, of how we're able to see the same vision and communicate that, then we can't do that to each ministry. Well, that's awesome to hear because it is really important to us to make sure that you guys are communicating uh, clearly and powerfully, but also connecting everything to your ministry, what's going on in the life of the church. So um, that's incredible to hear. Thank you so much for your time, man. And it's really a privilege to get to work with you guys. Amen. Same. Whether you're starting from scratch or you're trying to grow, ChurchCom Team can help you with your communications at your church. Go to churchcomteam.com and request a free consultation today. We feel like that the biblical model of church is everybody comes together and creates an experience that is unique and better because of everybody's participation there. Church online is not a, a Hebrews 10 issue. It's a Mark 16 issue where Jesus says, go into all the world and, and preach the good news. A big part of how we define success moving forward is to recognize that the people online have value and they are truly members of our congregation. Culture everywhere within society has adapted, yet we, the church, are still stuck in this 2020, and is it even really working? So, hey, why are we going back to that again? I think organizations and churches that have the ability to dream and haven't been able to actually execute, like, this is where you have the chance to fail forward. So, welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Well, hey, everybody. Social media is always changing. And I remember signing up for Facebook and YouTube when they were first brand new. It was back when you would say your name would actually be part of a sentence on Facebook. So you have to say Seth Muse and then you would write is eating chips or something to that effect. Uh, really weird, really random. And wow, we've come a long way from the humble beginnings of social media and YouTube and, and those types of things in that day. Now there's multiple social media channels to connect. And they're all governed by the, the robot overlords that determine who you are and what you like and how advertisers can profit off of that information. And churches have gone all in on Facebook and at least dipped their toes in with Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and recently TikTok. But however, with all the security breaches and the fact that our message and communities are fragmented across multiple spaces, a growing frustration is growing. Uh, enter the private social networking communities such as Discord, uh, that's what I want to talk about today with my guests. It's really exciting. But other things like Slack, GroupMe, Remind, Twitch are other examples of these private networks where people can connect with just people that they know, or maybe they don't know, and they can get to know them. But Discord in particular offers some interesting things to the local church as long as they have the will to learn to use it. We're going to cover that today, too. Discord started, a little background here, Discord started as a platform for gamers and streamers to develop a community. It's uh, actually even before that probably started as a messaging app, like a messenger or WhatsApp, and it has grown. 
It's perfect for what churches should be about, really, because it's really to start this community, and that's what churches are about. Uh, if you take Reddit and Slack and Zoom and Messenger or WhatsApp, you might have an idea of what Discord is, maybe even a mobile app feature or two. Uh, here's some stats about Discord before we jump into the conversation. <clears throat> it has 150 million monthly users. Now, that's not a lot compared to Facebook's 2.9 billion monthly users or IGN. Uh, TikTok's 1 billion monthly users, but it's still a significant amount of people are on this server. And a lot of them are young. Uh, part of those young families that churches are always saying they're trying to reach. 19 million active servers. Your church may have a server to its name. There's 19 million active servers. So there's a diversity of thought and opportunity to connect. Discord's user, Discord users sent more than 850 million messages a day in 2018. I can only imagine it's gotten to be more. So what's the advantage of something like Discord? Uh, there's many. There's no ads. There's no selling of your info, we hope. Uh, strict privacy rules and features, plus the ability to customize roles within your own private channels and servers. It's extremely customizable. It's also free, just like all the other places. Uh, to discuss how churches might use a platform like Discord, I want to talk to some. I wanted to talk to somebody who's already using it and helping churches use it. So my guests today are from Black Bar. It's Zachary Snyder and Caleb Weidman, the brains behind the operation, uh, behind the organization, embracing new technologies for the church and marketing space. Uh, you can find them on YouTube. is the primary place where you're going to connect there. They also have their own Discord server. We'll put those links in the show notes. So let me tell you a little bit about Black Bar, and then we'll get to these guys and bring them on. Uh, Black Bar is a ministry devoted to educating, encouraging, and inspiring Christian creatives on how to effectively use multimedia to spread the gospel. Founded by experienced Christian media professionals, the ministry focuses on equipping media creatives with the tools they need to train media volunteers, develop successful marketing strategies, and engage online audiences and better understand the technical aspects of ministry-focused multimedia, which is what we're all trying to figure out today. The Black Bar team believes that these tools are the keys to reaching the increasingly digital world we find ourselves in every day. So welcome, Zach and Caleb. Hey, guys. Thanks for sitting through that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having Seth, us. Thanks around. for having us, man. This is awesome. Yeah. So I discovered you guys just kind of poking around the internet and uh, tell us a little bit about you and, and Black Bar and kind of what you guys are. We, we heard kind of what you do. Where, when did you start? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we started uh, early 2020. Uh, we had all gone to college together, graduated 2014. We had always stayed in connection, even though uh, basically Black Bars kind of started with the three of us, me, Caleb, and then our third, uh, our third teammate, Nick. Um, they're basically in Michigan. I'm down in Maryland, but we've always stayed connected. We've always stayed uh, together. You know, we've gone to each other's weddings and that kind of stuff, yeah. but there's still like nine, 10 hours between us. Um, and we've always had a passion, especially in college to create and start a media that is ministry centric. We had always been told that the purpose of media is to support ministry, but we were asking the question again and again and again, what does it look like? if media is the ministry, right? Mm. So that's the kind of the question that we had been framing and asking. And eventually we decided for us, at least, 
uh, media ministry looks like a ministry that supports other people in our field. Uh, so really that's where the birth of Black Bar started. And then uh, we're all in full-time vocational ministry. And we all said, hey, we don't have enough on our plates. So let's add a YouTube channel and a podcast and a digital community and try to manage social media at the same time. Yeah. And here we are and we're still floating two years later somehow. Yeah, just in your spare time, you know, in your exactly. spare time. Yep. <laughs> Well, um, I, I, let's just, let's jump in and, uh, I've got lots of questions about discord. Uh, you guys have a really yeah. successful discord. I, I've joined it. That's, and I thought when I reach out to these guys, I am not going to ask them to talk about discord by asking, <laughs> by emailing them. So I joined your discord <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to ask you on discord. We're going to see how responsive things are. And it was great. Mm-hmm. It was very, awesome. very quick. And, uh, I found myself my way around pretty quick and got to the, I was like, here's the guys in charge. Let me see if I can message mm-hmm. them. And you guys responded. So I appreciate that. Um, awesome, man. Yeah. You, it's pretty robust. I mean, there's a lot going on in there. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. most definitely yeah. the, the customizability and the different things that, that discord gives you access to I, by far and above my favorite social media tool, if you want to call it that. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk about how that is a social tool because um, it compares these other social platforms. So let's look at the future a little bit. If you can all get out the magic eight ball and we're going to see <laughs> sure. uh, what's, what's coming, right? Do you see a day coming where churches, I mean, you already are talking with churches about this, but do you feel like they might be abandoning other, other platforms and moving and looking for something like a private networking community? This is our I, bread and butter. I feel like we could just open up the uh, can. Uh, you got three hours. Caleb, you go we, ahead. We you go ahead, Caleb, uh, and then I'm sure I'll have more to add after you go. So do yeah, it, man. Yeah. I, so I think it's a bit of a both end and right. So I think of like, uh, you know, I'm a homebody and I like to be with a very close set of friends and talking out and playing video games, hanging out, whatever. Uh, and while that is happening in my house, I don't like strangers walking in and advertising me products. Right. Uh, but there are mm-hmm. times when I also like to go, out and go to the store, go out into public and whatever, and see what's going on in the rest of the world. Right. So I think something like Twitter is excellent for that. When I just want to see what's going on in the world, it's a great tool. If I'm trying to have a private personal conversation with my friends, I'm not going to go to Twitter though. Right. And I think that most of the social media platforms that we see right now are a lot closer to Twitter than they are to like the, the, the private conversations that we have in our houses, right? They're, they're built really well for public. Well, they're built, they're built to have public conversations, whether they, they do a very good job with discourse is another, is, a, is another issue. Right. Uh, but right. I think that, that, that one thing that is lacking on those platforms outside of um, maybe in Facebook groups is where I think the first time we saw this sort of thing popping up is the idea of like a private right. conversation, a private form of that social media where the only people involved mm-hmm are my close friends or are my family or are the people I go to school with or anything like that. Uh, and I do think absolutely there is a, a ton of value and stuff like that. It does remind us of like the days of old with Facebook or any of these other different or MySpace right. or anything like that. Right. Uh, and I think Ooh. especially in a church landscape, the, the idea of having a space for your congregation 
to not only be ministered by you as the pastor or the staff or whatever, but to minister to each other in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not something that's going to happen in a public forum like Facebook, but it is something that can happen in a private space where I can open up, where I can, I can trust these people with whatever it is I'm going, I have going on or whatever. So I do think uh, not necessarily that at least I don't see as much of an abandonment altogether of social media because they, they've got the dopamine stuff like indoor arm at this point, right? Yes. We're, we're, we're yeah. hooked, it, right? It's but an IV. I, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think it, it is a both and, uh, and I mm-hmm. do think churches have a lot to gain from using both. Well, I think the biggest thing, I mean, I don't know at what point we'll stop talking about 2020 because <laughs> I it's feel like, right. I feel like this is like the baseline of every single conversation yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, everything changed, right? Like Brady Shear, I love what he said about how basically 2020 was the biggest digital communication shift in history. Uh, and so many churches had to either get on board or limp along or find somewhere in between uh, in which they survived. And I think social media platforms like Discord, um, and I think we'll see more that are formatted like Discord away from Facebook, um, is just such a necessity if you're going to have any kind of digital communication online. Like right. um, we at Black Bar, we've talked a lot about this idea of the digital missionary. What does it look like for someone to focus not only half half-hearted efforts into the digital space, but to give their full investment, their time, their energy, their passion into ministering to people online now, I don't want to undercut any of the value of, you know, missionaries who spend so much of their lives, sure. many of them risk their lives, but the concept of missionary in which they adapt and connect to a very unique space, they, mm-hmm. they go into the culture, they recognize what the space of the culture is, that's going to be more of a necessity. Whether that's on TikTok or Instagram or Discord or Slack or whatever, I think that mentality is always going to be like the baseline need. Mm-hmm. So from there, how does like a place like Discord like like come into play? I, I, I really enjoyed your conversation uh, with Joanna Lafleur from last year. I really like what she said about the medium shapes the method, yep. and I think that's a really good baseline for just even thinking about Discord. Discord is not really an easily accessible social platform as far as like a Facebook or an Instagram. You can search me on Instagram right now and find me pretty easily. Discord is a little bit more complex than that. There's a few more barriers for entry, but in our mentality, the people that want to be there are going to put the effort in to find where they're going. And if you can put like, for example, for a church, and of course, I don't, I don't really, we collectively haven't seen too many places like really, really succeeded this, but I think we're starting to get there. We're starting to lay the foundation. If people, if you can collectively get your people to this space, or if you have an online church and you can basically send this everyone here as the one-stop shop, I think it can be fostered as a really good community. Um, Yeah. I agree. I I think there's a, um, like what you said, the method and the, the, the medium changes the message medium changes the method. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a tool to use to reach your community, right? It's just another tool in the tool belt. And, um, it definitely has some advantages and, and I, I think we're going to talk about that barrier to entry uh, in just a minute, but, um, cause I do want to dig into that. It's another platform. It's another thing mm-hmm. for people to do. And so we yeah. have to address that. Um, it started, though, as a way for gamers to really find community. Heck yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and so gaming, and I look at this in, an, in a way like there's some serious parallels between sure. a gamer and all they do is 
I mean, if you're a parent out there listening, you're, you're like, mm-hmm. why do my kids watch other people play video games? <laughs> what is the draw? You yep. know, and, and, and they'll watch videos, not only live, but videos of, of them playing and commentating as they play. And yep, that's right. a huge community. Who knew that was going to be a thing, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Sure. Um, but uh, as, as these parallels come together, it's like, don't we get together online sometimes and watch church happen? Right. You know, watch other Definitely. people sing and watch other people talk and listen and engage. And that's part of our mm-hmm. worship experience. I mean, there's something there that's parallel, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Certainly. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I th- yeah. The amount of times I've had that conversation with my dad uh, about how the idea of just sitting and watching someone else play a video game and yet he'll spend a few hours every Sunday and watch some other people play football. So I, I to me, I there don't see how, mm-hmm. how much there different you go. that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's watch, watching a video game or watching sports ball. E- either way, yeah. <laughs> right. you're, you're spectating right. on something you're not yep. really. Yeah. I think there's yeah, a lot. It's funny. That, all of us, I mean, at least Caleb, Nick, and I, like, again, we're we're probably some of our closest friends, the three of us, mm-hmm. and we are we are 10, 10 hours away at least. Um, yeah. Every single Monday, like like Tuesday uh, is like Destiny Two Raid Night. Uh, yeah. Thursdays I play D and D. Mondays they play D and D. And in oh, each yeah. of those spaces, there's always these people from all over. Like literally last night I was right. playing with someone that's in Michigan, someone that's in uh, Virginia, someone that's in Maryland, someone that's in Pennsylvania. Um, and awesome. the fact that that's like just a baseline community element, uh, right. which is, I think is, is a context that a lot of people don't have when you try and talk about church online or church in the digital space, digital space. Um, yeah. I think in a lot of ways we are convinced that it can happen purely digital. I know that's not really the most popular of opinions. Everyone always says the caveat of there always needs to be a physical component. I think we agree in some ways and disagree with in, in other ways with that statement. Sure. But at least for us, the fact that we've had relationships that have lasted for six plus years and the fact that we've only seen each other physically in person five or six times over those six plus years and our relationships right. are some of the closest ones, at least for us, is a very clear testament of the value of a space in which we can just come together. That's our own. Right. And we, I mean, I think what I personally like about Discord um, especially like our group group private messages, like no one else is privy to those. Like if I'm on right. Facebook and I'm, I, if I'm in a Facebook group that can be kind of like accessed at any given time, if it's a public group, or if yeah, I'm right. just posting on someone's feed, especially in the age of like the vitriolic social media conversations yeah. mm-hmm. in the space of like a discord, I understand what the tone is and I can have relational conversations and I don't have to worry about someone coming in and either trolling us or trying to see the yeah. end of this. Now there's more to it than that. Once you get into a more public discord, like a black right. bar, but at least for our smaller context ones, like that's an attractive thing for me, at least. Definitely. Do you guys, uh, so you, you hit something there I want to ask about. Um, do you feel like the church has recognized the gamer group? as a people, like a people group in a way uh, to, to reach, like we say, we're looking for young families or we're looking for students or we're looking for, I mean, is gamers is kind of a thing, right? <laughs> I, it is it, as, as gamers. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, I, I think at, at the same time, 
um, at least what I would use as a litmus test for has the church recognized this group as an important group to minister or to reach and whatnot is do we have ministries named after us? Right. Uh, So we've got like youth ministry, we've got kids (laughs) ministry, we've got widows ministries occasionally. Right. Uh, We've got uh, divorce care. We have cancer ministries or whatever, you know, in my church, there's a meat ministry. Be sure. All right. Why not? <laughs> That's fine. Literally, they barbecue for all events. It's amazing. Right. It's one of my favorite yeah. right. ministries that known to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think which it. is I funny. Mean, uh it. Caleb and I are also um we we're so first, of course, we're like we're like naturally nerds. Uh we also love diving into and breaking down theology. And also we love hardcore music, at least Caleb and I, like mm-hmm. the screaming right. metalcore, post-hardcore, yeah. like especially the early Christian bands. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's in in a way. Uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, another almost outlier uh, group. Group, you know, like yeah. how many hardcore ministries are there? There's, there's not really. I mean, people yeah. don't necessarily make the hardcore ministry, the video game ministry. Let's say, let's just say, there's an I don't know the emo ministry or I don't know the hairdresser ministry. Like, there's a lot of these outlying things that starts to become subcultures that, by and large, uh, the church as a whole hasn't adapted. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I, th- I think it's worth saying, though, that that's one of the things about digital ministry specifically that excites mm-hmm. me so much, because yep. as much as so I know as my, my my primary background is in marketing. Right. I've been in marketing for quite a while at this point. And the idea of uh, as if you even a cursory familiar with marketing, the idea of targeted marketing is all anybody's talking about these days. It's all anybody's been talking about for 20 years of I can buy a billboard and, and have a hundred thousand people see my message. But if only three of them were actually my target demographic, then I wasted, you know, 9,997 of those views. Right. So I, we know that the, the more targeted I can get my group, the more targeted group of people that I'm speaking to, the more clearly and concisely I can communicate whatever my message is to be effective with that group. Like if I'm trying to reach my favorite example is a left-handed trucker, right? If I'm trying to reach left-handed truckers, <laughs> I do not care what right, tri- right-handed truckers have to say, right? I can make it p- perfectly, p- perfectly uh, executed for that group. Right. And I think, you know, most churches are not going to have the capacity or the leadership or the the amount of people necessary to build a ministry for left-handed truckers or right-handed truckers or people who play World of Warcraft and people who listen to hardcore music or hyper pop or whatever else, right? But in the online space, I as an individual, as a human being that happens to be into modifying Nerf guns to shoot 300 feet per second or whatever, right? I can find, (laughs) and I am, right? I can find people that are into specifically that and find ways to minister to them in a way that my church can't, right? It's like, forget men's, men's ministries, forget kids' ministries, youth ministries. We, we're getting down to the modifying Nerf guns ministry. We're getting down into the, you know, I'm a church media guy at a church and I'm burnt out and hate my job ministry, right? There's there's the 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 targeting potentials of, of social media and of Discord and other tools. I think when churches figure that out, figure out the power of subculture and targeting tools. I think it's going to be a game changer for online ministry for sure. I mean, that's our, that's our stick on the digital ministry, the digital missionary, like mm-hmm. so much, of, I think so much of our future ministry, I, I think a lot of it will come from, from a larger church structure, but 
there's a lot more of it that's going to come from individual breakouts of people hyper focusing on one. So Caleb mentioned the the nerf uh, the nerf dart the ministry the the modding the the 3D printing. <laughs> sure, sure. He, I mean, yeah. he's got a whole story that I don't know if we have time for, but he's got a story in which he basically ministered to a group of these folks, he essentially got elected to their board because he showed up and showed interest and had enough knowledge to speak on what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and then provide them a potential location. And then all through the experience at the end of it, people started asking questions about faith because they heard that the place that they were going to play in was a church. Now, unfortunately COVID-19 shut that down, but even the fact that Kayla was able to hop into this digital space, this little discord, and he just simply, it was a discord. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he provided people a service and he didn't judge them for being 25 year olds who 3d print and mod nerf guns that he actually I was also a 25 year old. The fact yeah. that he right. was able to hyper-focus on that and care about that and invest into that. Like that's, that's the baseline of ministry, right? Jesus that's amazing. shows up and cares about the people that are marginalized. Um, and in that simple relationship, the connection happens, you know? Yeah. I, and, and these tools like discord provide that space that you can actually do that effectively. Um, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I, I'm actually, I co-host another podcast called the nerd pastors podcast. Anybody's <laughs> ever heard of that, yeah. awesome. but um, it's the nerd pastors podcast. And it, and we had somebody come on, I forget who it was, but basically his whole ministry is like, he's a senior pastor. And so he leads that church, but his favorite thing to do is he leads a D and D group. Uh, like Monday nights. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. people come from all, all over that community. They find out about this D and D group. They meet at the church. They play uh, for anybody that doesn't know D and D is dungeons and dragons. It's role playing. <laughs> so um, right, right, right. it's, a it's very, for heathens. Yeah. It's a very like niche kind of town of target. And he's like, I'm definitely, I'm just geared mm-hmm. for this. I know that through, through COVID um, they use discord quite a bit, not only to connect, but to play. Mm-hmm. They played the game that way. Right. And, uh, and, and oh, yeah. it provided the necessary tools to make that still feel really valuable and real and, and, and fun. And so um, I think there's some options there. So as we've talked about Discord, let's, let's, what, let's talk about what it actually is, what it can do. Um, we've kind of hinted at it and kind of the, the theories of behind it. But what is it? How does it work? And kind of give me your description of this platform. I mentioned it's like Reddit meets Slack meets an app meets all these different things. So kind of run, run us <laughs> yeah. down the gambit here. What are the things that it does? How's it kind of look and, and try to describe it to the audience so they can get an idea of what we're talking about here. Sure. Yeah. So it, instead of, uh, you know, everybody is familiar with Facebook, so I think I can use that as a baseline, but instead of having a page on Facebook, we have a server on discord and a server is a self-contained uh, uh, unit uh, in which conversation can take place. Uh, conversation does not leave the discord. Uh, conversation cannot enter a discord. You have to be, or a server. Uh, you have to be in the server to be able to engage with the server. So advertisers can't get in uh, and you're not really going to be leaking out into other servers unless you do so really intentionally. So like a church would have its own server. Exactly. And, and that's just for the church stuff. Exactly. It's all into that, right. that br- umbrella. 
Right. Within a Discord server, uh, you can uh, set up a series of categories and channels. And the idea is that you can have, I think, like literally hundreds of channels if you want. But the idea is that these channels are either text channels or voice channels. Text channels is essentially, you think of it like a chat room, right? The old school AOL chat room. People who are a part of this Discord server can jump in that chat room and talk to each other just via text. Right. Uh, and the idea of you can have multiple channels, you can have different channels set up for different types of conversations. So for our uh, Blackboard Discord, as we focus mainly on uh, media production, live production, that kind of stuff, we have one for graphic design. We have one for social media. One, We have one for video production so that conversations are contextualized. And I, I, if I'm like an audio guy, I don't need to hear people rambling on about Photoshop and Illustrator. Right. Um in addition to text channels, uh, you can also have voice channels, which is essentially like an old school party line. So everybody can join into this thing. If I'm just scrolling through the Discord server, I can see which people are currently on that party line. Uh, so I can decide, you know, I don't really like that guy. I'm not going to join or whatever. right? Or I, I can join into that conversation. And then immediately I'm talking to these people live. You can also share your video there. You can share your screen there. Uh, I've also played my fair share as well as Zach, our fair share of D&D <laughs> on on discord uh so it there's video chat there's audio chat there's the text chat and it's all organized by these different channels uh but really with with discord i think the the huge advantage is that you can set up a server however you want if you only want one text channel and no voice channel and everybody's just talking in the same pile you totally can do that if you want dozens of channels and a bunch of different categories and and four different voice chats for different purposes that's totally fine you can also set up roles and change people's uh the the colors of people's names and what they can and can't access uh, so that if someone comes in and you have a specific uh channel like in, in our black bar discord we have a specific channels that are only for our moderators only for our admins those are still in the discord but only people with the permissions uh, can actually see those so we can block off certain channels from certain groups of people and everything uh, which we've talked about could be really helpful in a church if you want to have like a women's only chat you can give that permission to women only and then although men can access the rest of the discord server they won't act, be able to access that thing so yeah and I, and I think it's important you said something earlier like you're scrolling you can see who's who's kind of in there that still yeah. depends on what those privacy settings are for correct. that channel because correct. Some, sometimes they'll set it where you can't see that Right. You just have to request to join, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like foundational stuff. Uh, I think for someone who is knowledgeable enough to manage just basic social media, there's a lot of very straightforward, easy enough things to start. There's a little bit of behind the scenes that you can really get into customizing. So like with our discord, we have a lot of people who are a lot more knowledgeable on the back end of stuff. You don't have to get like so deep into like HTML, but We've got a variety of roles, a variety of things that are hidden, a variety of things that are available. We've got channels sitting in a bottom, like basically a bottom station that only the admins can see that we'll bring back for seasonal events or something like that. Okay. Um, and all that stuff that we can do behind the scenes. The nice thing is there's a ton of videos online that kind of like talk about these different functions. And especially with 2020, Discord, I think, saw a massive spike in users. So it's yeah. so Discord 
admin are pretty actively moderating this, trying to add new things. They recently tried to add a stages element, which is kind of like a, a town hall meeting almost. You have a couple speakers. Oh, Everyone okay. can join in, but only those that are given permission by the speakers can talk up, that kind of stuff. Okay. That's, um, Clubhouse yeah. did that kind of idea. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. Very Clubhouse-esque. Yeah. Okay. And I think what's, in my mind, mind-blowing about Discord is the, all the stuff that you could do with it being a free component. Yeah. So like with Zoom, you have to purchase a premium account in order to have a conversation past 45 minutes. Discord, meanwhile, there's a there's both a browser and a app and a, a desktop function as well for it, all free. Um, the voice channels, I believe you can have like 995 yeah, people in voice channel or something like that. Yeah, uh, video ridiculous. channel, you can only have 25. I think, mm-hmm. but yeah. still that's not bad for, right. for a functional piece like that. But unlimited uh, time, yeah. right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Unlimited time. No, there's no, there's certainly no recording function like zoom has. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not like you can just invite someone to like a zoom call and they're in and out. This one is a lot more committal. Um, but the fact that this is a free app and you can do all that is pretty yeah. significant. Um, the only other thing that I think would be good to just bring up in this initial introduction for churches is that there's no real, like, it's not the easiest to stream externally. It can be done, but like if you want to host your church stream, um, you can host it directly in the Discord. You can host it on YouTube and link it to the Discord, but that gets a little bit more complicated. Okay. Um, I, I feel like that's a, a natural question that people would ask when it comes to church Discord. It was can I stream my, next my services? It is most definitely possible to stream into a server. Mm-hmm. It does take right. a couple extra steps. Um, I've, I've managed to, to pull off live streaming into a service, so so you can do it. Uh, I do think before we move on, it, it one extra feature for those who do like to dig into the weeds a little bit is that uh, Discord has uh, a full uh, open source API uh, to which people can develop mm-hmm. bots to be able to do stuff automatically in your server. And there's a huge community of people who built those bots. We have a couple in the black bar server. I have a couple in other servers that I run uh, of just being able to manage easy things. Like when someone comes into the discord for the first time, the bot greets them and and sends them a message about the different, how to, how to navigate things like uh, they can go to our rules channel and click a button and automatically get signed roles to be able to access different channels and change their name and everything. There's a lot of, that's what I did. Exactly. <laughs> Good. The, even there's there's uh, D&D bots where you can type roll a D20 and it'll automatically just roll it in chat and everybody can see what you got. But there's hundreds. I love how we just if, keep cycling back to right. D&D. Yeah, I really hope we're not like, sending people right now. But there, there are thousands of bots for thousands of different reasons. And uh, I mean, it's really cool with that functionality there, what could be possible uh, for auto- yeah. automated stuff. So so that, that got my wheels turning a little bit. So is it mm-hmm. possible then with some of that functionality, the API, things like that you can do to bring up like email list forms or, you know, a way to like, Oh yeah. Join an email list, join a text list, um, you know, and drop it in there. Like if you are streaming it, Hey, you can drop this in and just, there's the form right there and people can sign in you can connect with them. Yep. There, there's ways to set up like buttons and whatnot where you click it and the, the, the bot will automatically send you a message and that a link could be in that message, whatever you want to do. Right. There, there's, there's a million different ways to do it. It does take someone who knows how to code to do your own bot, right? It's not something that anybody can just do. Yeah. But if you do know how to code, I mean, the sky's the limit on that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I know we, we can all find someone to pay to code. 
So right, we, we, can right. all, we can all figure out how to do there that. There are people out point. there. Even if you can't, right. there's people that can. They, yes. they have the people. <laughs> right. Uh, mm-hmm. We can rebuild it. We have the technology. Yep. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things there. And and I know the streaming, how reliable is the live streaming when you do that in there? Is it is it pretty stable or does it drop a lot? Or is it what's that like? Because I know I, on Facebook and YouTube, it's sometimes Yes. So, so one, uh, make sure the app is locally on your computer, right? Yeah. Make sure the the app is locally on your computer. Make sure you're running hardline. Like those are two like baseline, like if you're going to stream, those should probably be the bottom line. And then from there, Caleb. Uh, Yeah. As for the actual, uh, 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 discord itself, if you do have decent internet and, and the app actually installed on your computer, uh, I actually, when I'm, uh, uh, streaming into the discord, most of the time I'm streaming gameplay because I play with my friends more often than anything, right? Playing video games or whatever. And I'm usually able to maintain uh, like 30 to 60 frames per second at 1440p relatively easily with just the, my computer and my computer is also running the game that I'm playing, right? Uh, so it's it's most definitely uh, uh, doable. Um, the trick is, um, it's, it's more like a zoom call than a church online or a YouTube where other people can turn on their videos. And the more people that turn on their videos, the more things tend to slow down, but you can set up permissions. Like we were talking earlier where people can join a video call and not able to turn on their video and they can only just sit and listen or whatever in which the, 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 the stream will maintain. So again, there's a couple extra steps to be able to pull it off. Well, but hundred percent, you can do it if you're trying to. Yeah. Stream and I will it. also say like, I think in a lot of ways, like you got apps like Spotify or YouTube premium in which great streaming quality on your phone. When it comes to discord, that's, there's definitely a lot of cautionary things there. Like uh, killed Nick and I oftentimes will have our meetings and sometimes I'll have to be driving home in a car on a voice call. I drop out a lot. So like it, I, while you have like a church online, which might be a little bit more stable uh, at a lower quality stream, um, it will be more difficult for people who are on the move uh, certainly, or who have just terrible Wi-Fi reception. Um, those are restrictions that are important to be aware of. So if you go into this space saying, this is primarily going to be my stream hub. Uh, just keep in mind those other functions to make sure that your people know you should probably be in a, a safe, consistent space with good internet in order to engage and enjoy the way we want you, the way we're crafting this to be. Although that's, that's not necessarily a discord exclusive problem, right? If you run sure, around in sure. the middle of the woods on a zoom call, you're probably going <laughs> to run into a problem too. Right. And, and I feel like there's just a few churches that are just nailing the live stream anyway. Most mm-hmm. of us are because you're even your viewers are going to have, like you said, it, it there's so many factors there. And and so I kind of wanted to go through that just so that we all kind of understand, like there are limitations to the streaming thing. It's not like a one size fits, fits all kind of deal. Um, but it is exciting to know that you can do that because I know gamers do that. That's how you, you reach your communities. You can do things inside of Discord, but it is not the it is not really the highly produced thing that we normally see. On, mm-hmm. on the web, on, on our streams. It's not a, you're not streaming in 4K, you know, that kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, so there are limitations there. I think that just lends itself to the, to the conversation in a good way of understanding that Discord is more about creating community instead of Definitely. pushing out content mm-hmm. necessarily uh, like that. So I, I think that it's good to, good to, good conversation there about that. 
in general, I think uh, the whole Black Bar team is pretty adamantly asking, what does church online look like? Because in a lot of ways, I don't know if church is doing the best function. Like throwing a camera into the back of your room to show what's happening live is what a lot of people had to do in 2020. And we understand that. But I think the way that we're trying to help people think is, is that really the best for someone who's watching in an online space? Like you mentioned Twitch earlier, the unique thing about Twitch, and this personally isn't for me, I don't like watching people play games. Like that's not really my yeah. thing. It but is the my fact thing. that you can have, it is killing me. The fact <laughs> that you can have like, for example, Critical Role, sticking with the D&D thing, cr- yeah. Critical Role is they basically stream live on Twitch. They have consistently... 250,000 live viewers every single Thursday night for a five hour program. That's crazy. Five (laughs) hours in which someone else is playing a game and telling a narrative for you to listen to. And the visuals are very minimal. You Mm -hmm. have a camera on every single person, some minor camera cuts and edits, some breaks in between. But the fact that this is the context that people are connecting with, um, if you look, if you compare like a stream on Twitch to a stream of a service, like these are very drastically different things. Neither is necessarily inherently better or worse. But I think for us, like, I guess if you want to take your church into the Discord space, be careful to make sure you're adapting for the needs of that community rather than just trying to get that community to adapt to the needs that your church is putting out. Right. Right. And that's a a balance. And that's a great segue to my next question, which is what are some of those sections that we should divide up to help them figure (laughs) out the channels we should create? What have you seen work? Yeah. I I think a a good place to start is setting up a, a series or a category because you can have multiple channels in a category, set up a category for each one of the ministries at your church, uh, being able to have a category that is entirely just for your youth to be able to talk to other youth and to hang out with each other, possibly the leaders or something like that. I think that's, that's a really great thing. Same thing for men's ministry, same thing for women's ministry. We've talked about the potential of creating channels uh, if you have small groups at your church, creating a, a like a channel and a voice chat specifically that is private for every one of those small groups so that every time they're meeting in small group online, they're coming back to your Discord server to do it, right? Um, you can also set up things like uh, announcement channels. Like we have one in our Discord, but I've been to dis- uh, into Discord servers with multiple. Uh, so announcements, you can tag, uh, you can say at, and then everyone similar to how you do in Twitter or something like that. Uh, you can tag a specific person or you can just tag everyone or you can tag everybody with a certain role. So the idea is like, hey, if we have an event coming up for uh, like our, our, a student ministry, like a youth or something like that, I can tag all of the youth and I can tag all of the youth's parents by just tagging the role. And then everybody who has that role automatically gets it. And then I can send out that that notification and anybody who has the app on their phone gets a push notification that says, Hey, Caleb just had an announcement. And here, here's a thing. Like how hard is it, it to get anybody to get notified of events mm-hmm. when you're on like Facebook or any other social media. Right. And now I could just instantaneously send a push notification out. Right. Uh, so I think announcement channels are important. Uh, separating down by um, um, the, the uh, uh, ministry is important possibly small groups. And then when it comes down to channels, uh, I think separating out into the different kinds of conversations, which I think will be different depending on your ministry and who is it for. But like, I know 
uh, the church that I grew up at uh, had uh, or still has a Discord server. I'm not in it anymore, specifically for the youth group. Uh, and they have a couple channels just for gaming, like for kids to just talk about and 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 be on a call with each other when they're playing Among Us <laughs> and stabbing each other in, in in these games. Right? They have they have a a a channel just for like hard wow. questions, right? And that people can ask questions and the pastors yep. can can answer them, right? There's prayer requests. We have one of those sorts of things on on our server too. So what's cool is you can use channels to dictate the kind of conversations that you want to take place on the server to encourage uh you know like hey, I'm not sure I'm on the server. I'm not sure how I can use it. But I see a channel called prayer requests. I know now this is a space that I can share those. Right. I see a channel called Among Us Fridays. Right. Now I know I know that that's a thing that I can show up for if I want to. Right. So uh, channels are an interesting way to influence the culture of your server in in a way that's not as overt as like a set of rules. Right. So I think I think this is also a both and conversation. We have these technical list of things. I think the other very necessary list of things is who is going to lead your discord. I think it's really important that you go into this as a ministry mindset, like any, any ministry looks like you have a ministry leader, best case, that ministry is training up other leaders who can then lead under them. They can divvy out the responsibility of a discord. And if your discord grows large enough, now it's not just one person who now all these people have 24 hour access to, it is now a structured team of people who have a very clear mission and vision of how they want to use the discord. Um, I think that's vital. Like whenever, whenever earlier on, basically we put out a video at the beginning of the pandemic that went, I'd say semi-viral virality is so fickle nowadays sure. anyway, viral um, but it's, it's still brought people in, in a wave that we could not control. Neither Nick Caleb nor I really are technical, like live streaming people. Caleb had not live streamed until he had to put out this video. Um, and we, people were coming in asking these questions that we couldn't answer. And then suddenly we had other people that saw what we were doing and they're like, Hey, (laughs) they messaged us and can we help you out? And we were extremely blessed. We had about 14 leaders, uh, step up that basically helped answer a wide variety of questions that Caleb, Nick, and I couldn't handle on our own. And I don't think the discord would be still standing if it wasn't for this massive list of people that have helped us out. So huge shout out to our certified pros. Um, But yeah, like, like any ministry, make sure you're not just so caught up in what it could become that you miss the leadership component of it. Right. And that's a great, that's a great point. Um, You always want to create stuff that is, you have people to manage it. Like you don't want to start Mm -hmm. a new, I always do this with Facebook groups. It's like, I'm not going to start a Facebook group unless I know who's going to be responsible for that Facebook group. And in my last church, I had 30 Facebook groups. They were all connected to our church and they were all about random different things. They had some that were for, you know, photography, some that were about writing, some that were about motorcycle riding and some were parent groups of students, parent groups of kids, you know, or, uh, some of our ministry, right. like here's our missions group. You can learn all about our mission stuff. So it was, it was very much, I see discord channels right. and things, how you divide things up a lot in that vein, kind of like you were talking mm-hmm. about Caleb is, you know, the, 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 the specific things that they are, but every one of them, just like you said, Zach, I, I was like, yeah. here's how I'm going to help you. Cause I was a comms director. So I'm like, we're not starting this group unless somebody has said, I will run it. Mm-hmm. I will manage it. I will create mm-hmm. questions and content for it. And I will do that. How much time do you think goes into that right. for someone uh, to run a Discord server, even if they're just like a volunteer coming in to help manage a channel here and there, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it works a little bit differently. I think as opposed to something like YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or anything like Instagram, where I think those platforms are really built as content platforms. They're built for, if you want to succeed on them, you need to create content for them. Right. Uh, I think discord almost is, is a reactionary to that and that it's really never, it's not very good for like content creators to grow on it. And it's it like it, it by just, but if you're just looking to like post content in there, uh, I, I don't think it like, if that's the goal, I don't think it's the best platform that, for that. I think like just as a, as a metric to think about, I would say probably 99.5% of the conversation that happens in the black bar discord, Nick and Zach and I are not a part of it at all right? All we have done is set up the structure and the community and we've, we've helped people come in and then the community is talking to, they're having that conversation with each other, which I think is an amazing opportunity, especially when we talk about ministry and we talk about what the church should be and that the pastor should not be the only one ministering, right? (laughs) The idea that we should be able to minister to each other. And I think discord opens that, that door. Now, will I say that there's no time investment into it? Absolutely not. There, the, the, there, it does take time to do this sort of thing. It takes time to yeah. uh, to watch community, watch the community. Discord does give you stats to see how many people are sticking around, how many people are actually talking on a weekly basis. Um, we have we have our interesting, yeah. We have our that. moderator team let us know if if some an unsavory character shows up and starts blasting some nasty stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. or, yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 That's it what I was happened. about to ask you is how do you deal with the <laughs> so, controlling yeah, the negativity it, and the divisiveness it, and things that it, happen? It depends, know? right? So you can, you can, there's a couple different options. You can kick them and they can join back. You can ban them and then they're just gone, gone. And, and discord also, I believe yeah. uh, they implemented IP bans. So even if they set up a new account, if they're accessing the server from the same computer, it's still game over. Right. Uh, uh, which is helpful. We usually banning is our last resort. We only try to ban people if they're being malicious or just belligerent. Uh, we always try to have a conversation first, uh, but yeah, you're going to get, trolls if you have if you have the server set to public in which anybody can join it uh you're occasionally going to get trolls discord also recently set set up um what they call the discovery system so now you can go to like discord.com and like search through all of the different public discords that are there so we've recently turned that on which has been nice because people can just search us and find us but that means anybody can search us and find us not just the people who are finding us for our youtube videos and whatnot so you so then you, so then you've got to approve and right. check and you know all that. Right now stuff, we so. let anybody in, but it, it it is worth noting that that they do have rules. So we can set up our bot to where if anybody uses certain words, it automatically kills the the message and then sends them a message or or does an action. Uh, Discord also has to varying degrees of success. I've seen it work well. I've seen it not work well. It's a <laughs> system where it will analyze photos or links that will are posted. And if it's, it's deemed not safe for work by their standards, uh, you can set s- standards for like, okay, if it's anything that the f- discord thinks is inappropriate, just kill it. Right. Uh, so there are ways to like auto moderate some of that stuff, but Again, there's nothing that's perfect and you're going to have to stay in base. If I'm sitting at work and I have my three monitors in front of me, half of one of those monitors dedicated to discord just to have it up 
in case anything goes wrong, in case I see a conversation going out of whack. So it, I don't think it's a, a community like Instagram or Facebook or something where in order to keep it alive, you have to constantly daily pour into it. Uh, I think if you build a good discord and you have people coming in and they're talking with each other, the best way to do it is just make sure those conversations are going well. You know? Yeah. And on that note as well, I think what we have going for us is that we normally create content that is oftentimes kind of uh, the conversation starter. So that is helpful for us. Uh, you know, there's other there's other discords who have just kind of normal interactions or normal events that are the conversation starter. Um, I, as as much as yes, once you get it a good foundation going it'll be self-containing, but also there's an importance to be present as well. Right. So like I said, again, back to the leadership component, like you still have to lead your people. You still want to be intentional. Like I, I, I think uh, this is kind of the season that we're learning now for ourselves is we've created content for two years. Now we had like a, kind of a, a big jump at the beginning of the pandemic, solely people coming for one thing and then leaving. They weren't interested mm-hmm. in staying, but for those who, who are staying, we're learning like what is the best way to engage with those people um, in the way that is most important for them. Like what is the way for, I mean, if we're, if we're going to be present for the media folks that are looking for community, we have to be that community. Um, so, you know, best case, you know, you have an admin team that's then leading, uh, leaders who are then leading smaller teams or small groups. And then that's naturally just connecting people. The more people are connected, the more they're going to interact with each other, the more they interact with each other, the more it'll grow, right? That's a structure. The health, health become health comes before growth. And I think that's just a natural thing that you have to keep in mind, even on a platform like this. Um, and and it is interesting how different it is because everyone's so familiar with Facebook and Instagram and it's just different. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily different for bad reasons or good reasons, but it's just different. I think it does personally have a lot more potential. Um, but also in the age of social media where things have changed from week to week, there could be so many other things that capitalize on this model. Yeah. But you said health comes before Mm -hmm. growth. Mm -hmm. That's right there. (laughs) And, and that's, that's the tweet. It's, uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of Facebook groups too, in the sense of kind of that community sense of having them be able to talk to each other and you're kind of moderating where you don't have to create, 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 right. create. You're really just starting conversations when you want to stoke the fire a little bit, yeah. or you have something important you want to talk about with them, or you even want to crowdsource some information. I have found Facebook groups yeah. to be fantastic Definitely. places to do a little quick research or things like that in my community to find out what, how we can actually help them more. So we take a group of parents and go, what, what questions are your kids asking you about sex? Right. What, what questions are your parents, you know, are your kids dealing with what platforms are they trying to get on that? You're like, I'm not sure about this. And it would be like, TikTok. <laughs> like Oh, cool. We knew that. So here's TikTok, And you know, so it was a way to kind of stoke the fire a little bit in a lot of ways too. And I think that's, um, it's just a valuable, valuable way of doing it. Um, yeah. Obviously, young people adapt to the platform pretty yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're younger, you kind of grasp this type of technology, especially if you're a Gen Z or whatever they're calling sure. what's next. Uh, <laughs> young millennials have kind of gripped a hold of this. That's mm-hmm. you guys pretty much. Um, then your older millennials, maybe a little. And here I am over in Gen, Gen X going, what's <laughs> right, Discord? Right. <laughs> That's a, is that a social thing? How does that yeah. work? So, um, trying to grasp it because our kids are all, all about it. So knowing that different generations are going to grasp it differently. Um, what, what do you recommend as far as getting people assimilated in it? Is there, um, are there groups that, you know, really kind of get it or are there barriers we're not seeing like, cause it is another. Yeah. Platform. Oh, definitely. 
So how do you get people? Uh, uh, I'd say, maybe yeah, church, right. This, it's definitely a tricky thing, especially for people who are not, uh, I think the phrase is a digital native, right? Uh, it is one more platform. It is one more thing they have right. to learn. The sign up process looks about the same as any other social media site. You're going to put in your name. You're going to put in your email address, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but actually jumping into discord for the first time, we see a lot of people that jump in and they, they, they don't figure out that there's different channels. Uh, they're, they, they write in a message, uh, uh, in a totally the wrong place. They accidentally join a voice chat and they don't know how to get out. Uh, it 100% happens. Um, one of the things that we, yeah, oh, for sure. It can be, especially for something like the black bar discord. We've got, you know, 30 or 40 different channels and whatnot and all these different categories and the chats happening on the side and the, the people are all on the right. It certainly can be overwhelming. I, I, I wouldn't make fun of anybody for having issue with that sort of thing. Uh, one of the things that we've been experimenting specifically in a ministry space, specifically when you're dealing with people who may not be uh, as adaptive to this sort of technology is using roles to limit what people can see when they first join in the server, right? So if you set everything up, if you set all of the channels up to only be visible by certain roles, when someone comes in for the first time, they won't have any roles. So you can set the only, the only channel they can see perhaps in the very beginning is a channel with a list of instructions of how to use the thing. And at the very end, they hit a button and now they can see three or four more channels. And then, okay, one of those channels has a list of all the different ministries that you, that you could be a part of that are on here. And you can say, okay, I am, I would love to be a part of the women's ministry. I'd love to be a part of the parents of, of youth ministry, whatever. And now, now only the channels that are relevant to me start appearing as those roles are automatically assigned on the back end to my account. So that instead of just bam, I'm hit with yeah. everything all at once, I'm wow. slowly revealing the content that is relevant to me and all of the rest of it doesn't, it doesn't even have to show up on my side. I, I think an important question right now to ask is, do you help churches set this stuff up? <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, our, our discord <laughs> is a, a resource to be able to answer questions about how to do that. We have not yet entered the space of okay. setting it up for them, but I mean, okay. <laughs> people hire us for all sorts of things. Hey, so if I'm someone sure I, wants to do that, we'd be happy to. I would to. pay you tens of dollars. <laughs> I would pay you tens of dollars at least to help us set that up. Yeah. Now, and I will say like, we have like worked on behind the scenes, like potential ways. Like, I mean, honestly, one of our objectives is to eventually create our own bot and structure that can be used by churches. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet. You know, yeah. again, we're, I mean, we're all volunteer ministry. So that's, that's a long-term objective. So I will say that's going to be coming down the right. line at some point, cool. um, hopefully yeah. in the next year. Um, but again, you know, we, we, uh, the, the reality of ministry is, is you can't do everything. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> but that's honestly something that we see as a, as a massive mm-hmm. value. We do have people who have hopped into the community who have, who are working in the space. So like, certainly we're not, we're not exclusively holding on to we're the only one who know how to do uh, mm-hmm. discord ministry. There are places that are, that are uh, developing essentially. I mean, you can create templates uh, for people to yep. just uh, essentially right. activate right. and then adapt to. So there are people that are creating templates. I think we found that youth ministry is the most common Definitely. ministry use of discord so far. You even have organizations like, like one of the people that uh, we really uh, enjoyed connecting with is a, is a group called God mode activated. 
it's a it's a um, basically a video game centric ministry in which they have they have small groups within the ministry. They have a wide variety of things that are interactive with each other. They have normal streams. All of it's a ministry built around helping and connecting with gamers in a space that they need to. So, like you've got a lot of people out there who are showing really good examples of how we could model this in a in a larger space in the future. Now, as far as churches that have Oh, church-wide adapted this is definitely going to be a big investment. Uh, but I think that, you know, I think there's going to continue to be more resources in the coming years for this platform specifically. I do too. And as we look at, you know, really where I want to go to next is the privacy issue is a big driving factor in, you know, Facebook having serious issues yep. with, you know, the Cambridge Analytica leak. And then here comes TikTok and there's this big fear about TikTok being yep. a Chinese company and where's the server land, you know, all that kind of stuff that's out there. And nobody really kind of knows what's really happening. And we don't really trust anyone who's telling us what's right. happening. So <laughs> there's this fear of your information. And then we see things that recently the study that was released about Instagram and we find out that they even knew like how fast you can go on Instagram to things that lead you to really depressing places or self-harm places. And so um, those are real yeah. fears that are causing people to kind of go, is this really a place we should be kind of hanging out and investing too much into? So they're looking at these third-party things. Talk to me a little bit about the security of Discord and you know what people can expect, especially in comparison to that other. Uh, yeah, so um, there, it's certainly a, a a a sort of slider that you can side of how secure you would like things to be and how secure, yeah, how open you want things to be. Right, there are right now, like on our server, it's very much open. We have we have turned on discovery on our server. Uh, anybody is allowed to join it. You can search on the Discord website and you'll find us on there. Uh, and then you can jump in the server and start talking to people. Although we've got the moderation team to be able to manage that, right? right. On the very opposite end of this 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 mm -hmm. thing, uh, you can set it up to where the owner of the server is the only one who can set out invite links. And when they send out an invite link, it is a one-time use thing and it is only active for 15 minutes. And then afterwards it self-destructs and then it doesn't work anymore. Uh, you can say, okay, this is only going to be open for 30 yeah. days and it has a maximum of 200 people who can use it. And you can see all of the active invite links that are out there and you can delete them one by one if you want to cancel them ahead of time. Wow. Um, then there's uh, things that you can set up where like, okay, even if that link got out of uh, like out, out of your hands, you can set up, okay, no one is allowed to join my discord server without a verified email address, or no one is allowed to, to, to enter my server without this amount of inf information or any input. So some complete rando anonymous person won't show up. I can tell you that, that, Discord, at least from sure. a social media standpoint, is probably the most secure, uh, uh, like private system out there, uh, because I know that there are like right. in the world of cryptocurrency and everything, there are people who will store and have communication about their wallets and send keys and numbers back and forth. Like if you're trusting the privacy of Discord to be able to share your huh. money back and forth and whatnot. And I've also heard about a ton of, you know, certainly very, very unsavory characters that also use Discord to be able to share content or information or whatever yeah. uh, that is, 
less than legal. Uh, and they're also trusting the security of that to be able to keep it. So if you want this thing to be, you know, Alcatraz and locked down and the only people that, that can join it are people who have been personally invited by your pastor and no one else is going to get in hundred percent, totally doable. But if you wanted to have it open and available and just yeah. be willing to deal with the, the trolls, you can have that too. Nothing like a selling point that says if illegal people can use this securely, why right. can't you? Like that's that's the selling point right there. Well, while you were talking, um, I actually Googled something to find out if Discord messages are encrypted. It says, uh, short short answer is messages are encrypted, uh, but it's only true partially. They're sent over an HTTPS connection. That means Discord can still see your message. However, messages sent to your friends or servers are encrypted before they're sent out, but then decrypted on Dis- gotcha. Discord servers. So, so yes and no, sure. they are decrypted, but which is a layer mm-hmm. of security, you know, that you won't get like on a typical just right. messenger app that's mm-hmm. out there unless you're, you know, I think WhatsApp is, yes, encrypted is. pretty heavy, but not, mm-hmm. not the other stuff. But that's good to know too. So your your stuff is not really even shareable too much no. with but the thing is discord doesn't do any advertising they don't sell ads they don't show ads there's nobody out there trying to get your info it's just like here's the thing yeah discord makes its money it has a handful of features that are optional that you can pay for on a monthly basis they have their nitro stuff so you can have a couple extra features or whatever Uh, they also have what's called server boosting so people can pay two or three dollars and like support a server and then enough people do that then the server as a whole unlocks a bunch of extra features so they're really trying to avoid advertising uh as a means of monetization and let people like if people want the features if people want that extra stuff then you can pay for it and then uh, you know but as a whole it's free and that's encouraging to me as well i mean the whole the whole thing about the advertisement is they need this info to build ads to target you and understand you so they can so, so that's why when you're just talking to your friends about, you know, I need a new umbrella and you sure. suddenly see an ad for an umbrella, it's, <laughs> it's like your phone, their phone, somebody searched umbrella while you were talking, or I don't know, maybe they right. heard you, but, uh, <laughs> and somehow they figured that out and they send you this ad that's like, that's not happening on discord. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I think, I think that's, that's encouraging. Um, however, there are things on discord that are not sure. appropriate. There are some servers probably that are most definitely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you send, so you say, Hey, we're going to do this as a church. And, and we get this with YouTube sometimes, you know, and people are like, it shows videos that I don't want to show when the video's over sure. when I host it on my website. And I'm like, well, that's more to do with what you search. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, not what the church is doing. Right. But, but anyway, like uh, kids get on there, you know, in student yeah. ministry and, you know, once you introduce this platform, they're able to search all these other things that you sure. know as well, not just your church. So mm-hmm. what's the danger there? And kind of how do you talk to parents about that? Yeah, I think like every other social media platform that has ever existed, there's going to be content made for adults and t- content made for kids. I would say specifically mm-hmm. for Discord, um, um, one thing that it's generally not good at up until re- very recently is 
uh, searchability. Like it's hard to find it. It's, it's hard to find other services unless you know about it or if you you've looked it up on, on Facebook or Reddit or YouTube or okay. something like that. It's not something that you could just dig around. And I know if, if I remember correctly for their uh, server discovery program to be able to turn that on and be searchable on their thing, I believe specifically not safe for word, not safe for work, uh, discord services, adult themed discords, uh, are not, uh, allowed to be uh, on that sort of searchable platform. If I, if that, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure I remember that. I ha- I'm pretty sure I had to check that box <laughs> when I did that. Now, yeah. as someone who's actively yeah. searching for that content, there's nothing that's going to stop them. They're going to be able to find it. Uh, but I do not, I honestly can say, uh, with a certain degree of certainty, uh, that I don't think anybody's going to stumble upon inappropriate content uh, like they would on perhaps YouTube or on Twitter or something like that. And I mean, I, neither of us are parents, but I I think personally, I would always say like, if you're a parent who's concerned about the social media platforms that your children are are on, if you're allowing them to be in that space, I mean, if you can learn that with them as well, that's like a good connection point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like just learn what the basics of discord are and you can understand how to navigate what your kid is going through as well. Uh, as with any uh, one-to-one uh, communication, there is the potential that someone randomly could message your, let's say your child, uh, you hop into a church group, as long as there's a common connected space, you could message really anyone in that church group. It's up to the person to receive um, that message or to receive that friend request, but that is still an option. But again, that's a problem that you experience in any context, texting, Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger. So that's certainly something to watch out for and to understand. Um, but I think as yeah, I think if you can go above and beyond to just learn the platform that your kids on yeah. or to learn the platform that your church is hopping onto, as long as you have someone that's knowledgeable, you can navigate that in a in a safer way. And then if you can navigate it, then you can teach others to navigate it. I gotta be honest, as a parent, that's that's what drove me a little bit towards Discord is my kids are in it. I want to know what's yeah, going on. Definitely. It is worth noting, uh, there is also a toggle you can switch to where only your friends can message you instead of people you share a server with or completely random strangers yeah, that happens more yeah. often than I would like. So, so. so even within the, the, the channel, if there's somebody in there, you're not technically like friends with, you have to make friends and friend requests and that kind Correct. of stuff still too. Yeah. I can't start, I can't start a group message with like five or six different people that I'm not friends with. Right. Like we've done this in the past. Like we've talked to other people that we've had on the podcast on and I had to friend them all before I could start this group message with them. And it took forever because they took forever to get back to me. But like, that's a good security measure. You can't just randomly send out, like everyone's gotten those spam text messages where you're like one of 50 people. That's someone's asking if you want to win a hundred dollar gift card. Like there's a lot of, a lot of uh, hoops they have to jump through in the discord space for that yeah right i've won i've won a lot of ray-bans i'll tell you that <laughs> good. I, I, good. I've, I've won my fair share of ray-bans in my day, buddy. <laughs> so uh as we wrap up here just kind of um you know there's a lot of info here a lot of stuff to to, to unpack um i think one of the things that churches struggle with is with all the op- opportunities and all the the tools that are out there in in the tech world to reach people it's building their stack. It's like, how are we going to do this? Where does it fit in our strategy? Right. Um, you know, the, there's going to be churches that are not going to touch Discord, but in 10 sure. years they may consider it, and right. it's already kind of out there. 
Uh, we like to be about 10 years behind anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to, I don't, do that. <laughs> but yes, I don't, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. And as I get older, it's easier to just not care. It sure, really is. Sure. But, um, so where would you say like in the stack of things, uh, you've got social, you've got email, you've got text, you've got in-person announcements, you've got, mm-hmm. uh, one-to-one relationships. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff in there. Where does discord kind of fit in, in that social media messaging email kind of stack for you guys. Yeah. I think Caleb and I might, might both take this from a different perspective. So I'll give mine first and then Caleb can give his, but I think probably the most important thing to ask, first of all, is what is the vision and objective of what you're going on as far as a site or a source or a resource? Does it align with your church's vision? If it does not, then don't waste your time on it. Quite frankly, there's a lot of people who are forced to get online, who are forced to do a lot of things. And, you know, bless their hearts, there were so many pastors who felt near the point of absolute burnout because they felt they had to do a billion things in order to keep their community online. You know, uh, we had so many months where we couldn't meet in person. So they feel like I have to learn Instagram, Facebook, I have to preach a message, I have to reach this, I have to reach that. And if Discord is not inherently aligned with your church's vision, then I don't think it's a bad thing if you don't embrace that. That being said, if you do have an ex- a call or a need to pursue kind of like the innovation of branching out into the online space, then make that a high priority on your list of things to do. Like, do you want to reach people online? Do you want to develop an online community and you think Discord is a good potential? Then make that a higher priority. If you're a church who's the traditional church down the road who is barely live streaming, I really don't know if that's something that you're going to need. At the end of the day, though, that comes down to your decision as a lead pastor or communications director or a media team. Like, where does this align in our vision? Is this a priority that we should be focusing on? Right. I, so I, I would say I would agree that I would uh, I, I agree with everything Zach said, including the part where I would take it in a different direction. Uh, the <laughs> the um, this is pretty normal so, uh, between the two. <laughs> yeah. We always have a right. slight plurality, uh, plurality of opinions. Uh, right. good. That's good. We make I a good it. team. So I love it. Yeah, I, I think I think the the so especially when when uh, churches start reopening after the pandemic and. Uh, online churches started closing by the second as the the ministries were shut down as now we can get back in the building, all that kind of stuff. Uh, We heard a lot of talk about what you can't do online, right? Like what is just not possible online and therefore you have to be in person to do. And which sure there's a conversation to be had there. The conversation I'm much more interested in having is what can you only do online? Because I think when we can figure out what we can only do online, we'll unlock the key to like real active, growing, healthy online uh, digital Christian communities. And I think Discord has a couple things to it that you can only do online that can be a huge boon to any ministry, whether that be hybrid or entirely digital. I do think that the security features of Discord are unparalleled across any social media platform. Uh, I do think that specifically the the culture uh, and the, the, the platform itself lends itself to intercongregational ministry right to where it's not just top down that the, yeah. the the congregation itself can minister can talk 
to each other in a way that I don't think any other platform has been able to successfully build a, pla- a system in which that can happen so freely. Uh, and I also mm-hmm. think that the communication tools top down using announcement channels, using push notifications is dumb easy. It's instantaneous. Uh, it's really easy to get a hold of not only your whole congregation, but specific members and groups of your congregation, depending on their interests and the ministries involved. Uh, and probably a number of other things that I'm not even thinking about of these are things that that Discord, uh, uh, are, are there new tools for churches to use that you can only do online, that you can't do. We can't have everybody in the congregation live at the same house and talk to each other and pray for each other on Thursday at two in the morning, right? That's just not going to happen. Right. But we can do it on Discord, right? We can't yeah. like be, be ready to call every single person when we have an announcement, but only the people who are parents of youth that are between the ages of 12 and, and 18 or whatever, right? But we can do that on Discord, yeah. right? We can have have a very secure conversation without having to worry about weirdos coming. We can ha- we can do that, but we can't lock the front doors of the church and only let the people we know in, right? right. So I, I, I think it is the perfect example of what are things we can only do online. Because if we could figure that out, I think that's the trick to having thriving online community. And I think Discord is the answer for a lot of we that. We feel a thing or two about this topic. Yeah. Just a thing or two. <laughs> I do. Just a full dissertation. <laughs> you're, you're invested. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's so good, too, because it, it definitely, like, it clarifies that it doesn't do everything, but it does do some things that other places don't do. And it's like, that's what you're looking right. for when you're building that stack of things. It's like, it's, it's right. exactly. where are we missing? Because I think often the conversation with church is, uh, where do we do ministry and can we do it here and here and here? It's like, yes, but here's some places where you're just, you have nothing going on. And, and here's some right. ways that you have nothing going on. It's not a, it's often a, a conversation, not about what's good versus what's bad. It's what's good versus what's more effective or more, mm-hmm. more, right. more better. Sure. I don't know. Right. That's the right word. <laughs> right. But um, you know, it's, I think that's a really great conversation to have. So Guys, um, I, I really appreciate you being here. This has been fantastic and fascinating. I'm learning so much about Discord, and I know many who are listening are probably learning too and going, man, there's so much there that uh, I want to unpack. So I'm going to tell people we're going to link to your Discord in the show notes. Awesome. Uh, if you're awesome. If you're searching, go to Discord and search for Black Bar, and it's spelled different in a couple places, right? It's B-L-K-B-A-R. <laughs> Is that yeah. how it's spelled on yeah. the server? Either way, you'll okay. get there. Okay. You'll get there. Okay. So also Instagram, BLK.BAR, Black Bar, mm-hmm. you can find them there. There's a YouTube channel. Lots of great stuff on the YouTube channel. Just look for Black Bar, fully spelled out. Uh, and then obviously there's a podcast. You guys are doing a podcast. And uh, yes. wherever you get your podcast, go search for the Black Bar podcast. Check it out. Yes, sir. I've listened to that a little bit as well. Well done. You can hear in their voices that they have great equipment they know what they're doing so uh <laughs> they're, they're, it's they're, a media podcast for media people you get judged otherwise absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh so so connect with these guys there and i promise you if you want to learn more about uh new technologies discord especially uh and some nerd stuff it's going to be really really great uh yep. some yeah. D is there there you so, go thank you guys so much for coming on the show really appreciate it yeah thanks for having us Seth. yeah thanks for having us 
All right, guys, we'll, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. We'll be back in a week or so. And uh, thanks for subscribing wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back. See you.